listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mir, on this Friday morning. So let's turn to the next part of today's program, and that is our radio feature called Radio for Good. And each week we highlight the great work that various NGOs and charities do around our city. And this week I'm really delighted to be joined by Avril Rodriguez, who is the Head of Communications and Community Engagement at Help for Domestic Workers, which is a local NGO that provides free advice and assistance on employment, immigration, and human rights issues to domestic workers here in Hong Kong. Avril, welcome on the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Noreen. It's a pleasure to be on your show. You know, I think your new segment is a great opportunity to raise awareness about social causes and, you know, just to feature the fantastic work that Hong Kong charities do. Absolutely. And thank you so much to you and your team for, for, for all the work that you do for, for the migrant workers here in Hong Kong. Um, we are live this morning on Facebook, so I'd love for our listeners to join us there if they can. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. So Avril, perhaps you can tell us and share for some of our listeners who may not be so familiar with the work you do, uh, what exactly is help for domestic workers? Uh, what sorts of work do you do? So Help for Domestic Workers is a charity and we are committed to protecting the rights of migrant domestic workers in Hong Kong. You know, our programs enhance the migration experience and the employment outcomes for domestic workers. We focus on three areas of advice and assistance, awareness and education and empowerment and peer support. And we work with both domestic workers as well as employers. Uh, Over the last 32 years that HELP has been in existence, we've been supporting over 100,000 domestic workers and employers in Hong Kong. That's amazing. Um, And during the pandemic, it's been a a very taxing time, I think, for all of us. What sorts of uh, concerns, what sorts of issues arose in the circles and the people that you've worked with? Yeah. So the pandemic has, you know, impacted all our lives significantly for some time now. And especially during like earlier this year, we saw how Hong Kong surging fifth wave of COVID-19 infections made the lives of domestic workers even harder. Uh, you, you, you know, many domestic workers testing positive for COVID-19 were faced with homelessness. And we supported over 800 of them just in a matter of few months with like shelter, food, healthcare, you know, visa extensions to make sure that they're legally staying in Hong Kong and various other needs. And, um, and yeah, and apart from that, we also provided emergency support to those workers since, uh, you know, during the time. And in the last few months, along with new cases, my team has also been supporting those same workers with finding more longer term solutions because a lot of them have had their employment contracts terminated, you know, few could not go back home. So we're making arrangements for that. Uh, those who had their contracts terminated, we're trying to seek legal assistance for them, providing mental health education, uh, physical well-being support and mental health counseling and rights education. Avra, what sorts of situation did you come across? Can you give us some examples? And you're right in highlighting yeah. the fifth wave in particular. We heard stories of, of homelessness for, for domestic yeah. workers. What sorts of cases did you come across? So different kinds of cases, like we had domestic workers who, you know, who were in between employment contracts. They had finished one contract and they were flying back home, uh, but then they tested positive. Uh, their PCR test was positive for COVID-19 and they could not fly back home. So they eventually didn't have an employer's house to go back to. Uh, you know, we had domestic workers who were staying at parks 
uh, because like when they became positive, some of them, their employers, you know, asked them to leave the house and and probably quarantine outside. And when they went to the hospital, the hospital was at capacity. So we had a few of them who were staying at parks for two to three days. And, you and know, it was uh, so cold during that time. It was very cold, yeah. And it was raining. Like if, if you remember back then in February, March, you know, it was raining. It was very cold. And we had um, domestic workers who were staying in parks, hospital driveways below like subway stations and below bridges. And then, you know, so we got to know about these workers to the community leaders and uh, we supported them firstly, obviously, with safe shelter. And then we started uh, providing more longer term support on their cases. Yeah. Looking back, I mean, what the employers did was illegal. You can't you you can't actually, you know, make your domestic worker leave your house uh, to to, to quarantine elsewhere because that is their house. Or if you do, uh, you'll have to provide the the accommodation. Did did you get to talk to the, the employers about the situation? Yeah, like, um, so yes, of course, it's, uh, you know, it's illegal to terminate your domestic worker to terminate the employment contract if she's if she's not well, or if she's tested positive with COVID. But we do understand that obviously, like these are difficult circumstances for employers as well. You know, some employers don't follow their contractual obligations, but some just do not know what to do if uh, the domestic worker tests positive because it is a difficult circumstances for them. You know, they have probably elderly parents, they have younger children in the house. So I guess in situations like these, what we kept appealing to the employers is that it's best, you know, to reach out to the Labor Department or organizations like us so we can help you really make an informed choice and, you know, which can benefit both your domestic worker as well as you. Yeah. Um, Avril, apart from, I mean, we'll get to the education aspect of it, but what sort of impact did did this have on the mental health of, of many of the migrant workers and many of the people that you've worked with? So even in terms of like mental health over the last few years, a lot has changed. Uh, Over the last few years, domestic workers were left to cope with, you know, the most unpredictable and chaotic circumstances, Um, isolation, heavy workloads, you know, not being able to go back to your home country to meet your family for two to three years at a stretch. A lot of them also had their loved ones pass away. So they so they really had to cope with uh, a lot of stressors and, and then, you know, the employment stressors. Um, uh, in Hong Kong. So they had to really cope a lot with all of that. So we did see a lot of domestic workers uh, feeding into this vicious cycle of stress and anxiety. And this really triggered a mental health crisis um, uh, amongst the domestic worker community. So we've really been supporting them through our MeHeal program. We provide access to mental health services. You know, we provide um, access to free counseling. Uh, we provide uh, physical well-being activities, mental health education, really supporting the domestic worker uh, through their journey uh, in Hong Kong. Because it's and you you hit the nail on the head because it, you know that the heavy workload, not being able to go home to see their family yeah. and friends, and also just the extra perhaps financial burden that they have yes. from their families as well. Because yes. you know things in in their home country, um, yeah. exactly maybe their spouse have yeah. lost their jobs so it is a, a very yeah. big burden on on our wonderful uh domestic workers community yeah. h- here in hong kong yes. 
and many of them are you know the backbone of their families back home so they really have to provide from their family they have to earn their daily uh, bread and you know few of them lost their jobs because possibly the employer was going through a tough time and didn't want to continue having a domestic worker or the employers went back left hong kong so many of them really uh, face you you know even having that fear of job loss or that insecurity uh, really added to to their mental health stress yeah um how how much of of mental health is discussed within that culture as well i, I think well as asians we don't really talk about mental yeah. health but, um and it doesn't matter if yeah. you're um you know indian pakistani chinese yeah. um korean uh, but what about in the philippines the, the, the one thing i mm-hmm. noticed a lot about the, the the domestic worker community and this goes for indonesians also uh, but you know in the philippines uh, people are very happy and they're always smiling um and don't really talk about their feelings very much do you notice that um, amongst um our, our migrant workers as well definitely i mean they uh, you you know like at times their resilience also surprises resilience, us like they are yes. they are amazing i mean they they go through this journey you know with ups and downs and so many challenges you know just imagine being in a foreign country possibly not knowing the language not having your family with you and really living in like your your employment situation also where you live in uh, with live your with your boss house. Yes. yeah <laughs> so so you live with your boss and there's also a lot of blurring uh, you know of lines between your professional life and your personal life so but the community is is great like we 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 even derive so much inspiration from the community and that's honestly what keeps uh, workers like us also going and um, yeah so they they are just so resilient in the face of crisis and uh, and obviously like there's this stigma attached to mental health and we're trying to even you know overcome those barriers and trying to make them understand that it's okay it's okay for you not to be okay it's okay for you to talk about your feelings to share which is why you know we have private counseling sessions one on one where these workers can really talk to their counselors possibly a lot of times in their native languages as well and really express themselves and what they are going through because they also find it hard you know to talk to their friends obviously like peer support is great and the community really de- uh, relies on each other and depends on each other but their their friends are going through the exact same thing uh, you you know and it's hard for them to communicate with their families back home because obviously their families also are not going through the best of times during covid so and they don't want to you know stress their family further so we we you know we support them to access these counseling services and 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 even with that just you know looking at the holistic care for them so it's not just mental health but also physical well-being so we have like yoga classes we have workout classes you know every week where they can go and uh, you know meet up with other domestic workers interact feel joy have that sense of bonding and community uh as well as just take care of their overall uh, health absolutely because when you look after your physical health you know if you exercise yes. it it you know produces endorphins it boosts your yes. mental health also mental health it, it's yeah. so great that you know your charity help for domestic workers uh, offers so much mental health support um knowledge is power how do you how, how does your organization also go about in educating migrant hmm. workers about their rights you know what yeah. what what they should know um which a lot of the times um sometimes you know new migrant workers or even ones have worked um for a long time in hong kong they hear what their friends tell them um so yes. you know um they don't exactly a lot yeah. of misinformation how 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 do you go about sort of uh, with your education outreach programs 
So it's important for both domestic workers as well as employers to know about their rights and responsibilities. I think traditionally what happens is that we place a lot of emphasis on domestic workers knowing uh, knowing uh, about their rights, like, you know, domestic workers standing up for their rights. But also it's important uh, for employers to, to know, you know, how to hire a domestic worker, how to navigate that unique employment situation. And over the last year, in fact, we've seen a rise in cases where domestic workers have endured really long periods of abuse, isolation, you know, exploitative working conditions just because they didn't know about their rights. And that, you know, and that also makes them unable to speak up for their rights, like their inability to speak up or really look out for organizations who support them. Uh, just just quite recently, we uh, we had a case where we're supporting two uh, sisters who come from a small town uh, from a South Asian country and uh, and you know like they were brought here to do domestic work but then they landed up working at the employer's business as well as doing the uh, household work so essentially they, they they were doing two jobs for close to two years because it was times of COVID so close to two years for a salary of less than 2,000 Hong Kong dollars per month what and they had yes <laughs> yes and they were two sisters so they come from the same household they both they both had no idea they were for they are first time workers in hong kong you know and they don't know like it's a foreign country again like as we say it is scary it is scary to move move abroad and then you know start your life and and work there and um yeah and then it, it's only when the covid rules relaxed a bit and then you know they went out and started interacting with the other domestic workers is when they realized that they were being misled and tricked into doing these jobs and you know some and they reached out to us and now we're supporting them and uh, you you know we're helping them seek assistance and stand up for their rights um so it's really like uh, so through our helping hands program uh, you know we are strengthening our education arm focusing on education training uh, and information for both domestic workers as well as employers to learn about their rights and responsibilities um, as we know, like Hong Kong relies largely on domestic workers, um, you know, statistics uh, prove that 325,000 Hong Kong families rely on on these workers for childcare, elderly care, household duties, um, and really just to keep the clock ticking and, uh, you know, and a lot of employers are well-meaning, uh, you know, they love their aunties, they love their domestic workers, and they really want to support them, but I think at times when faced with, you know, uncertain situations, they don't know how to react. So, you know, we're increasingly trying to understand the challenges that employers face as well and trying to help them with more longer term solutions. Yeah. I mean, perhaps you can't comment back on that case, but I I mean, what happens to the employers in that situation? Do they face prosecution because they sure broke the law? Yeah. Yeah, so we are providing, like, it's still ongoing and, and we're obviously, like, providing uh, legal assistance as well. But along with that, it's just that the the women have gone through, uh, you, you know, like, a traumatic circumstances for the last two years. So we're also helping them with mental health counseling, of course, and also, you know, getting them more more involved uh, with others because when they came to Hong Kong, they were essentially not given a rest day. They were not allowed to go out. So they don't have a lot of friends. They don't really feel that sense of community. I think the first thing that happened that when they came to us, they were like, you know, 
we are all alone like they started saying that we are all alone over here we don't know what to do should we go back to the same job because what else do we do we really don't know anything uh, but over the last few months my uh, my amazing team has worked with them provided them the support and now at least they are able to like we're able to take the case forward we're working with a labor department quite closely and then we'll see how uh, how that goes yeah wow i, I wish you the, the best of luck and and uh, you know provide more support for, for our migrant workers community um any uh, we've got a few minutes before the news um yeah. avril um sort of upcoming projects that you're doing and also mm-hmm. how can how can we support the work that you do so we're doing a lot of community outreach activities where you you know we actually go with volunteers on ground and and interact with do- domestic workers on a rest day across across uh, areas in hong kong we're doing a lot of educational workshops both uh, online and in person uh, we've also developed these customized information booklets for domestic workers and employers you know providing them with information about everything about their rights and responsibilities and and we're really advocating strongly for decent work for domestic workers there are various ways in which uh, the local community can get involved i think to begin with volunteering is a great way uh, we have a number of opportunities uh, uh, online like posted online we keep uh, regularly posting those opportunities on our website or on our social media um, so you know whoever is interested can obviously sign up and volunteer i guess the other way would also be is that uh, to raise awareness to raise awareness about the contributions of uh, domestic workers and just the challenges they face uh, so br br ambassadors and if you know any employer or domestic worker who needs support you know reach out through our helpline and we are here to help them and and obviously like the main thing is we want to create sustainable change uh, in hong kong and that's only possible with the support of the wider community so we we are always appealing to the community to support us and donate to our cause excellent um and avril have you got a website and social media that we can follow your work yes. on yes yes we do we do have a fairly uh, strong online presence we have a website where we like you can follow us on facebook instagram and linkedin and we keep sharing updates about our work so it's just a, just a matter of you clicking phoning us and being involved excellent and what's your address for help for migrant workers uh, help for help dom- for domestic workers yeah yeah and the facebook is help um, uh, hk Excellent. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. And we've been talking to Avril Rodriguez um, uh, this morning a little bit more about the great work that they do for Help for Domestic Workers. And Avril is the Head of Communications and Community Engagement at Help for Domestic Workers, which is a local charity that provides free advice and assistance on employment, immigration and human rights issues to domestic workers and also to employers here in Hong Kong. Thank you so much for your time, Avril. Thank you, Noreen. Have a great day.